My guess is that um, when each of us look back on the last three months, we'll be able to categorize the events, the circumstances in our lives, I think in two categories. They'll either fall within a breakdown or a breakthrough. Fall within a breakdown or a breakthrough. Let me try to explain. Um, back in March, when our elder Terry Waddell and I were on the phone talking about uh, our worship service that was coming up and the pandemic was starting to spread and things were starting to shut down, and we soon, it was a Thursday, we realized that we were not going to be able to hold public worship. Uh, it wouldn't be healthy. It wouldn't be safe. And so after I got off the phone on that Thursday afternoon, I wondered, I was distraught. It was a, I had a breakdown. I was like, what, what is this about? How, this, how is this going to work? Not having church on Sunday? And then um, there was a breakthrough. Um, we dusted off an old camera that we had uh, in storage, and we were able to hook that up with a lot of duct tape and um, imagination and love and Terry Waddell helping us, leading us, and guiding us through this whole thing. We were able to go online and lead a worship service online with two-day warning. It's, it was a breakthrough. Um, wonderful things. And we're learning more and more all the time. Uh, and each week, it gets better and better, I believe. And uh, we've had to invest a lot of money uh, to be able to do that. And I've asked you to help us. Um, and thank you for those who are helping us financially uh, pull this off. Um, we have, still have more to do. And, um, but I'm trusting you. And it's in your hands, folks. Uh, we want to continue to have this online presence and host public worship. And so thank you uh, for your help. So do the creativity and love and imagination of a team. Terry and Carl and Brian and Mike and Lori, Renee, Sharon and Kathy, these folks are saints and we're thankful for them. The preschool project is underway, which is fantastic. Um, but we've had our fair share of breakdowns <laughs> and breakthroughs. Just a couple weeks ago, uh, we, we had a breakdown in communication and it was... Uh, Touch and go, but we had a breakthrough. Breakthrough from the faithfulness and the hard work of those carrying the, the heavy load. I'm so grateful for Chris Yuragi and Gary Pato and Bjarni Huckaboo and Bruce Robinson, John Holcomb and Rebecca Douglas and Kerry Robertson and Mike Crasco for their various times they've stepped in and helped make this thing happen. And so you can see... Um, there are uh, things happening on our campus, which is wonderful. We all have experienced breakdowns and breakthroughs these last um, months. Um, relationships, uh, health, friendships, neighborhoods, uh, global pandemic, social distancing. And many of our friends have experienced uh, breakdowns, not able to, to be a part of important events in people's lives. And I've mentioned, you know, grandparents not able to see their grandchildren and Businesses of closing, unemployment hits us all-time high, the, the fears of recession in our economy. We all have experienced in our society a breakdown when uh, the murder of uh, George Floyd, breakdown when peaceful protests turned violent and terror and anger and frustration and fear, breakdowns in communities as many of our best and finest courageous men and women in uniform have become 
the target of so much anger and breakdown. It's a breakdown. The shared pain of our black sisters and brothers at New Hope Presbyterian Church in Orange. Pastor Chinetta Goodjohn, who's been here and preached with us and blessed our church. Folks, when one part of the body suffers, the whole body suffers. When one part of the body hurts, the whole body hurts. We're praying for breakthroughs. We need to listen and learn and grow together. Learn ways of compassion. We've been exploring the book of Acts together these last um, few weeks. It's the history of the church. It's a, the second volume of, of Luke's great work, uh, the gospel of, according to Luke, is a life and times of Jesus and his ministry. And then the book of Acts is the life and times, often they say the life and times of the apostles, but really it's the acts of the Holy Spirit working in through people. And we've learned how they too have seen their fair share of breakdowns and breakthroughs. You may recall when we, Pentecost Sunday, the Holy Spirit unloaded on them and they were sent out into the world with a new power. And they devoted themselves to breaking bread and and to the fellowship and to prayer. And they were filled with awe and they were meeting together and sharing together and fellowship And they added to their number daily, and that was church, right? That's what church is all about. Many have argued, if we could just get back to the Acts chapter 2 church, that would be authentic church. That was authentic community. But if you keep reading through the book of Acts, you realize quickly that that nostalgia is but idealized wishful thinking. As the story unfolds, the early church, the congregations, they certainly had their fair share of successes and breakthroughs. They negotiated things. They settled tough disputes. They cared for one another in ways that shook the world. But they were also plagued with many of the same breakdowns that the church experiences today. Some members fall away. There's sin, there's lying, there's feuding factions, and not all are pleased with the elders' leadership. Who knew? We were reminded that they had their fair share of breakdowns, and the breakdowns they had are not much, not much different than what congregations go through today. And they, the breakdowns they encountered, they were able to overcome in those faith communities. Breakdowns and breakthroughs. As we enter into the church's story this morning out of Acts chapter 11, the persecution of the church is at an all-time high. Stephen, a beloved deacon, has been murdered by a mob of fanatics. It it sent a shockwave through the early community, and they were scattered. You can follow along on the screen of Acts chapter 11, verses 19 through 26, or in your own personal Bible. Hear God's Word. Now those who had been scattered by the persecution that broke out when Stephen was killed traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, spreading the word among Jews. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them. 
and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. News of this reached the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived, he saw what the grace of God had done. He was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. And when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. After the church is scattered, we learn something quite interesting. We, we learn of a breakdown. The disciples were only sharing the news of Jesus with fellow Jews. People just like them, they hadn't connected the dots of what Jesus had asked them to do and sent them to do. As one biblical scholar states, he says this, they stayed in Jerusalem in the shadow of the temple. They surrounded themselves with Jewish converts. Things were working just fine. Thousands of Jews became followers of the Messiah. They had plenty of work to do in their own backyard. But that's not what Jesus instructed them to do, right? He said to go to Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. He said to go to all nations. Some have said that the early church, this Acts chapter 2, they settled in and said, now, now it's time to wait for Jesus. Things are going just fine here in Jerusalem. We don't need to go anywhere else. Let's just keep devoting ourselves to the apostles' teaching, breaking of bread and fellowship. And they all agreed. Friends, that's a breakdown. But we quickly learn of a breakthrough. Some of them from Cyprus and Cyrene went to Antioch and shared the good news with the Greeks, with the Gentiles, with other people other than them, non-Jews telling the good news about the Lord Jesus, and they're turning, and they're following Christ. Likewise, Peter, he learns also that God does not show favoritism or partiality. God is with all people and desires all people to be reconciled unto him through the grace and the mercy of Jesus. The church is growing in its diversity and in its inclusiveness. The good news cannot be contained. Gentiles, Greeks begin to become followers of Jesus. The news begins to spread. But not everybody's excited about it. It's strange. The leadership in Jerusalem, they view this initially as a breakdown. Wait a minute, it's, what's going on? The Greeks are not allowed. Gentiles aren't allowed into the fellowship. And it seems so odd to hear that today. So in response, the church in Jerusalem sends Barnabas. Go check it out. He's the ambassador sent from Jerusalem. And maybe he could sort things out, set them right. Barnabas arrives, and as we learn from the passage, that he sees that the grace of God is working, and he sees people turning and following Christ, and he sees God's grace, and he can do nothing 
other than to encourage them and to encourage them and thank them. Barnabas does two major things which are breakthroughs for the church that we benefit from today. First, he encourages them. He sees that Jews and Greeks both are being baptized and included in the church. He tells them to keep up the good work. Barnabas stands with them in the message of Christ's redemption for all people. Barnabas encourages them. Think about the people in your life. Maybe it was your father, mother, parent. Maybe it was a neighbor or somebody in your life that has been encouraging to you. Think about that person. How that person really truly transformed your life, right? They came alongside you. They saw the good in you and they walked with you. They listened to you and they encouraged you in your faith. What a gift that person is in your life, right? Maybe you are that person to others. Maybe you have been that encouragement to someone and their life has grown, their life and faith has grown. Maybe it's a challenge. Maybe we can become encouragers of one another. Maybe there's somebody in your life that God has brought into your life and you realize this person is, maybe has anger or bitterness or maybe they need your love and encouragement. Maybe that's part of the challenge we hear this morning. He encourages the church, and there's a breakthrough. People's lives are being transformed and changed. The second thing that he does is that he goes and finds Saul and brings Saul to Antioch. Now, Saul, we know as the Apostle Paul, who will become a champion of uh, the gospel into all nations, and he will lead the church out into the far reaches and communicate to the Gentiles, and the church will explode. But Saul was one of the chief persecutors of the church. He was there when Stephen was, was martyred. He held the cloaks of those throwing the stones at Stephen. This would plague him his entire life. He could never really let it go. He felt so bad about his former life before Christ. But through a miraculous conversion, he sees Jesus, and now he desires to serve Christ. And so for an entire year, Barnabas is with Paul in Antioch. He stays with him and helps communicate the gospel message. He helps Paul, encourages Paul to where Paul then takes the reins and leads the church. Barnabas sees an open door of grace pushes the early church to accept people, all people, accepting this outsider, this guy named Saul. Barnabas models what the church has been demonstrating for centuries, the grace and forgiveness of Jesus. Barnabas is with those early church members. He's with the Greeks. He's with the Gentiles. He's with Saul. I learned this week that there's a difference between being for and with. Father Gregory Boyle, he started a uh, gang prevention uh, program in downtown L.A. over 30 years ago. And it's um, been very successful. Many, many former gang members have been uh, 
brought out of that lifestyle, have been saved, have been following Christ, and have been engaged and contribute now to society. And they're helping others. There's a, a company that they started, Homeboy Industries. And maybe if you, back in before COVID-19 days, we could fly out of LAX. And if you were in the American Airlines uh, terminal, there's a uh, a wonderful cafe there, uh, Homeboy Industries. All the baked goods are produced by former gang members. It's, it's, it's a beautiful story. He wrote a book, Tattoos of the Heart, and talks about his ministry and what he was doing. He says this, Jesus was not a man for others. He was with others. There's a world of difference in that. Jesus didn't speak seek the rights of lepers. He touched the leper before he got around to curing him. He didn't champion the cause of the outcast. He was the outcast. He didn't fight for improved conditions for the prisoner. He simply said, I was in prison. The strategy of Jesus is not centered on taking the right stand on issues, but rather standing in the right place with the outcast with those regulated to the margins. Boyle and his interpretations of Jesus' ministry makes an interesting point. The strategy of Jesus is not centered on taking the right stand on issues, but rather standing in the right place, standing with, standing with those who suffer, those regulated to the margins, standing with people who are suffering, standing with people who are alienated, standing with those who need help, standing with those who have been impacted the most from this pandemic, standing with those in their lives who have been deeply disrupted. I've mentioned this before. Our school system is, has been deeply disrupted how we are going to go back to school, how parents and teachers and administrators are going to figure this out is, is difficult. And it might mean that students ha- are staggered throughout the, the week, and they have some days they get to go to school and some days they don't. And, and maybe it will be an opportunity for the church to step in, and maybe we can create safe places for students to be here on our campus. I don't know. It seems impossible, but maybe we have an opportunity. Maybe we could be a part of the breakthrough. I don't know. There's an important verse in this body of Scripture that I I read earlier. It's verse 21, and it's something for the church. It's vital today. And it says, and the hand of the Lord was with them. And the hand of the Lord was with them. One scholar states, every time the contemporary church tackles a problem and works through it, it's making a statement of of faith. A statement of faith, the hand of the Lord is with them. The hand of the Lord is with you. It's not something impossible, not some ideal, but it's a real possibility of ordinary people stepping in when there's a breakdown and seeing where God is breaking in and breaking through through his grace and his love. And we join in that. That's what the church does. That's what the church does and will do. The breakthrough of God's grace opens the door for something new, powerful, and redemptive. Dear friends, as you think about your life, you think about these last three months and the breakdowns and the breakthroughs. Maybe in those breakdowns is an opportunity, a door opens for God to break through. 
I'm not saying the breakdown is something from God. The breakdown is some, sometimes bad and evil that's not orchestrated by God whatsoever. But in and through that breakdown, we might be able to see God at work. God leading, God's grace coming alongside you. And maybe in and through that, you realize you can step in and be that person that could encourage someone, care for someone. Maybe you can step in and stand with someone where they are hurt and they're suffering. Maybe it's picking up the phone. Maybe it's a, an email. Maybe it's writing a card. Maybe it's delivering something to their house. Whatever it is, dear friends, you can be a part of a breakthrough in somebody's life. That is the word of the Lord, dear friends. That is our charge, that is our challenge as we go out this week. I also want to thank you for your faithfulness in giving. And you continue to give online. And you continue to help support the ministries here. Thank you. I am so grateful. I'm going to pray for our offering. I'm going to pray for the life of our congregation. I'm going to pray for you. Gracious God, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the breakthroughs in our lives where we see you, where you are walking with us every step of the way. God, as we turn to you, reminded of your, the love and grace of your son, Jesus Christ, we're filled with awe and wonder, and we're filled with hope as you send us out into the world to be with those who need to be encouraged to be with those who need somebody to stand with them, to encourage them and love them. And God, we thank you for the ways that you are challenging this congregation and challenging all of us to be your hands, your feet, your voice in this world. In Christ's name we pray, amen.